MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, here we go. Pac-12 fans, this one's for you. Put your hands up! This is the Pac-12 Apostles. Keeping it real. And only the truth lives here. Pac-12 Apostles. I'm George Reister, he's Ralph Amson, and this is the Pac-12 Apostles, baby. So much to talk about this week after a really good week out in the world, and Ralph is trying to be a jinx and I'm not going to let him do it. I am not going to let him do it because when we were talking about the, the topics for the show, tell tell the people what you brought up, Ralph. Oregon might win it all. <laughs> don't, don't you say that. Don't you do say it. that on Rivalry Week. Well, first of all, you had me on uh, – oh, yeah, I forgot the rivalry is Washington, not Oregon State. But you had me on Oregon Twitter spaces, and we had a pretty good conversation. And Oregon fans are really cool and fun to interact with. And then when I said that if I thought they were going to lose one game this year, you asked me this question, so I had to answer it. And I said Oregon State and, like, 200 people all sent laughing emojis at the same time. <laughs> like Oregon State. So like I, I don't I don't get how me saying like well if that's the if if everyone's gonna laugh at me for saying if they're gonna lose a game it could be that one then why would anybody get mad for me saying fine they're just gonna beat everybody because dude you the the hype is getting too big bro just 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 live in the moment and and I understand where the national conversation has to be that so we will have that conversation. And I guess we can start start there because the college football playoff rankings came out and you have, what, four Pac-12 teams in the top 13, which is, yeah. I don't think that's ever happened for first thing, right? No, it hasn't. And so you have Oregon at six, USC at eight, UCLA at 12, and Utah at 13. 
do of those teams, do you believe any of them are misranked? Well, USC is the fourth best team out of those four teams. Correct. But I don't I can't say that they're misranked because of how things have shaken out. Maybe UCLA should be higher. I didn't think they looked all that bad against Oregon. I would say that maybe UCLA should be higher or maybe USC should be lower to the point where they're just behind UCLA. Cause I don't, I don't think USC I mean, is favored when they match up. No, I don't, I don't think so either. And Utah already beat USC. Yes. They have two losses, but Alabama has two losses <laughs> and they lost to Tennessee and to, um, and to LSU. And LSU lost to Florida State in Tennessee. So it's like the, the the math doesn't math for the SEC teams the same way. So I would agree. I would say that based upon what these teams have done, right, that USC, their, their best win is what? Oregon State? Did they have anybody in non-conference that was worth anything? They had Rice, Fresno State, and then they still have one non-conference game left in Notre Dame. Which matters now, sort of. Yes. Um, so, I mean, that's the problem. USC literally has only played one ranked team this year, and they lost. Right. And USC and I... So, how are they... The- because at, th- at some point, people are just going to be like, oh, you're hating... USC is five good players. That team right now is five good players. They It was a one-score game against Arizona and Cal. They they uh, one-score game against Oregon State. I, I, I just don't I, – I do think that USC is a good football team, right? So I don't want to go down that path. I don't. I don't. I think they're five good players and then a bunch of players that are still trying to find their their footing. Yes. Well well I say I would say five good player and one phenomenal player. And <laughs> and, and, and and who's the phenomenal player? Caleb Williams. No, oh no, 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 no. Two E two below two? Yes. Yes. I would put both of them up there. No, no, Caleb, no, 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 no. I would, I would put Caleb Williams game. up there, but Tui Pelotu is the best player on that team. He's awesome. Yeah, he is a, a a nightmare, bro. He is a nightmare, leading the nation in sacks. He's up there in tackles for loss too. He is a problem. Yeah, he might like, be the only player in this conference that could sack Caleb Williams. Mm, hey, <laughs> but hey, you hey. don't have to worry about him because they're on the same team. Yo, he is a monster. So now, so now, as far as USC goes, they still have the best part of their schedule on the back half. So if you are USC, you're actually in prime position, right? Because if Notre Dame keeps winning, then then you're going to have a top 15 game for the last game of the season. UCLA keeps keeps winning. Now you're going to have UCLA who will be top 10 by by next week because there will be some, you know, casualties this week as usual. So you'll have UCLA so they have a top 10 game, a top 15 game, 
And then if they win both of those and Oregon keeps winning, then you're going to have a top four game. So whoever, whoever, if, if UCLA, Oregon, or USC, or even, even Utah, but I think Utah is going to be a little harder. All of those teams have a path to the playoff. It is just win your games. If you win your next four games, you're going to the college football playoff. Yes, and I think Oregon has a shot to win out in the Pac-12 for two reasons. One, they are not dependent on any one player in that offense. Bo Nick's having a crazy year, but he's not getting touched. I don't think you can anticipate. He's not getting touched. Yes. One like, sack all season. He he probably feels better than I do right now. <laughs> I mean, sometimes he gets uh, touched on the quarterback runs every now and then. I know, but I'm 38 and I climbed a ladder like 10 times this weekend. <laughs> 10 times, like 100 times, and I feel like garbage. He 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 he's he is a technically professional collegiate athlete, and he's out there getting blasted by three hundred pound dudes. And he's not, he's not, he's really not getting touched. Like he's as healthy as he could possibly be. But I'm just talking about the offense isn't really dependent upon one guy. I think one of the biggest issues in the Pac-12 before, besides nine conference games, is when you did have a, a team emerging, there were one or two guys that if you took away, if you were able to game plan away, then there's an issue, but I don't, I look at this Oregon team. There's no one player. They have a stable of running backs. Yes. <laughs> they have a good wide receiver core. Hudson could be the guy one game like that, Franklin. That, yeah. Yes. So uh, I think that's, that's one issue. So you don't have to worry about one player getting taken away and the whole offense falling apart. The other thing is this year in general, all of the pack 12 teams like name. I don't think you can name one victory in the Pac-12 this year that shouldn't have happened. There were a couple that were like, oh, really Stanford beat ASU because they were still playing Emory. But like they were still playing Emory and it's the same ASU team that lost Eastern Michigan and it was on the road. There's a million things that you could say to justify that. But the truth is there hasn't been a lot of nonsense in the Pac-12 this year. Oh, at all. there's only been one piece of nonsense in the whole Pac-12. Cal losing to Colorado. That was the only piece of nonsense. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets even more frustrating because you're watching, even though Cal is continuing to lose, you're seeing them figure it out offensively. And you're like, how did you blow this? Exactly. And and you got to see Colorado this week. It was pre-Colorado actually finding some offensive weapons. Correct. Correct. So, yes, that was that was pre and that was BC. Um, <laughs> B- BJT before Jordan Tyson. Yes, exactly. Who is who is who is hurt right now? Well, hopefully he's able to come back this week because that would be a major loss for them. Um, was I lying though? Nah. He, do you think he's for real? I think he's a good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he'll make a good a good player, a good wide wide receiver on on USC, UCLA, or Oregon next <laughs> I hate season. That so much. <laughs> or, it's or funny, Washington. but it makes me mad. He'll be yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll he'll find it, dude. He's played himself into a good home. He's he's gonna get a new contract after the season, <laughs> dude. I, new college football is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the games from last week, uh, we had. 
to oh we started out with a weekday game which was what yeah was was Oregon State at Washington and to me lord have mercy this was a game that Oregon State let get away they did not capitalize on many opportunities that they had. And they are going to be big, sad, bro. Big, sad when they look back on this game. They were already six and two. They had it and ranked, had a chance to move up to seven and two. They would have been in the top like 17, 18 in the country because Washington was six and two. Like it was a good matchup. And they just can't get anything going, even though Ben Goldbranson, he didn't throw the game away, but damn it, man, he threw it was he was night it was 12 for 19 for 87 yards, Ralph. Yeah. They didn't even try to move the ball downfield in this game. Like, let's be honest. Of his 87 yards passing, one of those was a 40-yard catch and run by Damian Martinez, who looks like a dude, by the way. He had a really good game. Um, but, I I mean, they I feel like Oregon State did their Herm Edwards thing where they kept a game close that maybe shouldn't have been close with their play style, Yep, which gave Washington a chance to catch on. And Washington, you got to give them Yeah, because they had plenty of opportunity. They had plenty of opportunity to, like, stretch the game out to, like, two scores, three scores, and they just didn't. Yeah. My takeaway from this game is that Kalen DeBoer is the most stubborn human being on earth. What do you mean? This Oregon State secondary is very good. Yes, they are. Like, maybe top maybe top 10 in the country. Good. And yeah, they are really, really good. Kalen DeBoer didn't give a shit. He's like, I'm going to throw 52 times, which is broke. Michael Penix's streak of, uh, of 300 yard games. He threw 52 times for 298 yards. And, and uh, when Andre Ware was heaping praise on Michael Penix, he threw a pick six. Like right in the middle. I think I think what he say, he said Michael Penix's throws are like a hot knife through butter. And right in the <laughs> mouth. You had, you had a, a an interception return for a touchdown by Easton Mascarenas Arnold. And you're like, dude, you you love saying them damn four them four names. Uh Santonio uh, L- L- Lamonius Craig, Montana Lamonius Craig. And my, my, I actually like him as a player. He just happens to have an excellent name. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're like, um, uh, Caillou blue Kelly. Dude, <laughs> you, good name too. Yeah. dude you are the king of, I, I I'm telling you, I think you're just attracted to the, they, that they turn out to be good players too, but you get on them early because of the name. I'm telling you, watch, watch what, what, and, and that's why you love Tui, Tui Pelotu so much too. I think I'm the because it's person, fun to say. I think I'm the only person in the Pac-12 uh, podcast ecosphere that actually enjoys saying names correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 me, I am the champion of. It it was bad enough with Michael Penix, but now like Trenton Borgay is getting thrown into games, and people are just. It's just it's the thing of like doing it on purpose that I don't. Yeah. Uh, oh. I, I don't okay. Speaking of, of of that, right. 
Yeah. So my son's team played Warren last Friday, right? In, in the, in the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. And Nico Iamaleva is their quarterback. The PA announcer at the school at Sierra Canyon was like, Ima, Ima, oh, oh no, Ima Vala. Dude, I was like, I was like, have I been saying it wrong this whole time? Was, that's when you just got to lay off the mic and then turn to somebody Dude, up in the booth. And how many times do you think he said it between him and his brother Madden, who is the backup quarterback but plays wide out right now? How many times do you think he said his name over to PA? <laughs> what did, was he just calling him Nico by the no, end? No, 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 no. Ian Malava. Or or some, something like like that. So instead of I am a Leva, he was saying Emma Emma however you would say it with that phonetics on it. So then it confused me. Like I know the kid, and I'm like I don't even know how to. I've never actually heard him say his own last last name. So <laughs> then that hilarious. made me confused. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That's yeah. really funny. Mm. Yeah. So there's another West Coast kid that's leaving yeah. for the SEC. Thanks to uh, an $8 million NIL package. And this week, we get Sarah again. Did you already play, play them once? Y- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's Roderick Pleasant. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. The other cornerback. I played with his dad in Jacksonville. Good God. Anyways, um, his, old, his, old his son's memory. a quarterback. I'm sorry. His son's a cornerback. As well at uh, Sarah, and he's a highly recruited kid too. And uh, yeah, Sarah has a bunch of kids on that uh, team. So I've had it, it's it's actually really cool because I get a chance to see so many other kids with their with their schedule that are going D one, and my son knows so many of them and all that. So it's actually really cool to play some of these teams when you've worked out with them or played against them in seven on seven, and then you get a chance to do it in the real deal when it matters the most it's actually pretty dope you know what's crazy to me is we're like three years away from people who played in the 2010s having kids in college football yeah yep 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 our our kids are coming buddy our kids are coming hey so back to this back to this oregon state washington game for a second Maybe I was wrong about DeBoer being the most stubborn man in the world. Maybe this is two of the most stubborn coaches in the world. Because would you say that Washington has, like, the most underperforming secondary? Yes. Not worth underperforming. Like, yes. based on the talent they have on the roster. For sure. And you, and you would say that Oregon State has the best secondary in the conference. Yes. Okay. So, Ben Goldbranson attempts 19 passes for 87 yards against the most underperforming secondary. And Washington throws 52 times against Oregon State and only gives Cameron Davis the ball 11 times. Like, this is uh, – I just love when people bring their brand into a game. Don't game plan at all. They just come in and they are themselves. And like, home here, here is decides the game. Yes, here is, here is what we do, pal. Here is yeah. what we do. Okay, so now, um, now Washington – 
I knew that this was a possibility for them this season. I thought that they would be six and three at this point, not not seven and two. So they are overachieving. We have a bunch of bowl team. The, the conference looks super, super strong. So I am encouraged by that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening uh the next game up you had oregon at colorado so now what do you or they only gave up 10 points to colorado 49 to 10 you have been the ducks defense has been much maligned by by ralph amson what have you to say now my friend (laughs) okay yeah no you played pretty great against one and seven Colorado with, I mean, JT, with JT Shrout, who is but that's what you're supposed to be several times. But yes. that's what you're supposed to do. Yes, that is that is what you're supposed to do. Um, but it's like Colorado still threw for 247 yards and rushed for 120. I mean, 80, 81 of them were on one play on a busted coverage. So <laughs> you really don't want to give Jordan Tyson any credit besides back-to-back 100-yard receiving games. No, 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 no. No, no, no. He did that. He did that. He did it. Like, there's no <laughs> taking away from it, buddy. Um, Yeah, so uh, and you had Bo Nix with another stellar stat line performance. Mm-hmm. 20 for 24 for 274, two touchdowns, and 
the thing that I that I noticed about this game was what Oregon did. They took this as a clear opportunity to highlight themselves because the game was on national television. It wasn't on Pac-12 Network. It was 1230. So their first three touchdowns, did you see how they scored? I saw the pick six. Oh, no. Okay. So, and, and we'll get to the refs in a second. But you had five-star tackle from the last recruiting cycle, Josh Carner. Yeah. Josh Connerly. Josh Connerly's touchdown. I did see Josh Connerly's touchdown. A tackle. So they had an opposite alignment, score a t- touchdown, a, a pass touchdown. First, first play. Then they had, then they randomly put Noah Sewell in the game at fullback, the linebacker, hand him the ball, touchdown. And then Bucky Irving throws a touchdown to Bo Nix. So Bo Nix also had a receiving touchdown. So they went full. We're showing out in this game. That's one of the, that's one of those games where everybody's having fun. Yes. And like what it does for a team to have a bunch of players come away with like, this is going to be a forever memory for Noah Sewell. This is going to be a forever memory for Josh Connerly, like that when you, when you got a, and, and, and throwing a touchdown for Bucky Irving. So you're going to have at least three players besides the quarterback, you know, come out of this game with like, I'm going to remember this game in Boulder for the rest of my life. And if, and if people don't think that that's true, one of my favorite highlights from my entire pro or college career is a rushing touchdown. I had in college, a rushing touchdown. It was like five yards. But bro, I got to I got a an option. Ooh, 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 ooh. Touchdown celebrate. Bro, bro, I am so happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, why wouldn't you I my my best memory is uh I housed an onside kick. <laughs> Dude, and 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 speaking of that, I almost housed an onside kick. I I got caught at like the 10. That would have been up there too. I was benched in the first half for grades. And then I got in on the first play of the second half where we were receiving. I housed the onside kick and got benched for the second half for not falling on the ball. Oh, God. So I got one one play <laughs> in that game. Hey, I man. felt like I was batting a thousand. Yep. So um, Oregon rushed the ball for another 195 yards on 39 carries. It, bro. I don't think they're losing. I don't. I don't think so either. I, I think if they get honestly the Washington game, I've said this the whole time that this is the game that scares me. If they get past Washington, they're home free. Even even against Utah, but, I mean, I think that Utah is going to be a tough tough game. So don't get me wrong, people, that they're going to blow Utah out or knock the doors off them or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just saying that I am because of the style of play. I am more concerned about the about that game. I have uh, one question for you and an observation. Um, I'm going to start. The observation is I'm going to start looking up Pac-12 records, like specific in conference play records, because Bo Nix did nothing against Georgia, and so like we're we're at a point where he's done everything that he's done in eight games. And it's time to start seeing where he measures up against 
some of this conference is great because oh, I, I he's going to pass Marcus Mar- Mariota for rush rushing touchdowns in a, a season probably. He might um, set a Pac-12 record for rushing yeah. touchdowns. He's the conference leader right now. He's got yeah. eleven. Yeah, he is going to, and, and and that's where the the Heisman hype that he's starting to get. If Oregon makes the playoff. I mean, because Bryce Young, you can't really get. So he was the front runner coming into the season. Nope. CJ Stroud's been good, but, you know, like, you know, like, like there's some room. You know what I mean? There is some room. And, and Hendon Hooker has a, has a loss. And I'm not saying that those things should preclude you from winning the Heisman, but I think that he gets an invite to DC, DC to New York. So here's the advantage that Bo Nix has, whereas you would say most West Coast players are at a disadvantage. They got to watch him for three years at Auburn. So the people who watched him for three years at Auburn have followed his progress and his trajectory at Oregon. They're hyper aware of what Bo Nix is doing. He's not somebody that was raised up in the Pac-12. He already had a national profile. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, he might, he's finally making good on that on that hype. What if he goes 30 passing touchdowns, 15 rushing touchdowns? Which is not I mean that not, not only am I saying that's not unreasonable, he might do that in the next two games. Oh man. He might get to he might get to 30-15 with like three games left in the season. Yeah, the stats are going to be pretty gaudy. And Washington, they're not, they're, I don't see them doing, if Washington wins this game. And he's going to be a 3,000 yard pass. Yeah. And he's going to be well over a 3,000 yard passer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's a lot. I mean, the only person who scored more points than Bo Nix this entire season. And, and granted, this is just from, it's, it's Xavier Valaday. But 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 right. Bo Nix is responsible for more t- touchdowns because you don't get uh, points for your passing touchdowns. Exactly. So yeah, so it's it's wild. Um, all right, next game up, Cal at UCL at USC. They scored twenty one points in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out why Cal went to this. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. Like, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. And then as soon as they were like, hey, I guess we'll throw the ball every play. <laughs> it it worked. I know that's not who they want to be, but they adjusted way too late. Way too late. And it felt almost like that they ran out of time less than they got beat, if that makes sense. E- even, even though they did get beat because they – they just did not make enough plays. They had a tough time stopping USC. Yeah. Especially in the second and third quarter. It was it was ugly. So, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think Jack Plummer probably cashes a couple of uh, NFL checks off this game alone. Yeah. He was back there slinging it. 35 for, four, for 49, 406, three touchdowns and a pick. And he looks good doing it. Like, yep. what, he, he's 6'5". His mood is always like level. He never, never high, never low, even when he's getting beat up and he's never not getting beat up. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he got the shit kicked out of him again, bro. 
he is he i mean i don't think uh, he likes it but the fact that he hasn't completely fallen apart there are there is an nfl gm out there somewhere with galaxy brain looking at jack plummer and saying like i can fix him and they might i, I i've known jack a long time he has always had one of the better deep balls I've ever seen. And he's always been very kind of above the emotion of the game. Yeah. But he's a human being and you can't, you can't take the hits he's taking. And I'm, I, I'm blown away that he's still playing. I'm blown away because this conference gets quarterbacks hurt all the time. And he has taken you might have to go back to Rudy Carpenter's senior year, honestly. He is getting wrecked. Yeah, he's getting so wrecked, and he's still showing up and balling out. Yeah. Like, that's the – and so there were people who were asking, oh, why is he still starting and all this stuff? Well, uh, that's why. Because um, you don't want to get Kai Milner snapped in half. That's why, like, you yeah. want to be – you want – I I get that Kai Milner can move, but I – he, again, he's like – he probably 30 pounds lighter and three inches shorter than Jack Plummer. I don't, if you, if you square up Kai Milner back there, he, he, he might not be able to get up from some of the hits that Jack Plummer has been taking this year. And so I'll let him develop. Um, what did you think of Caleb Williams in this game? Because he looked phenomenal at times, but almost every single one of his incompletions involved running around in the backfield for eight years and then throwing at a receiver's feet after exhausting himself. Yeah, this has been my, if you can call it a criticism of Caleb Williams all year, is that the uh, I believe a man's strengths flow from the same well as his weaknesses. So the his strength this year has been extending plays, making the team better, like finding a way out, being the ultimate like eraser for when stuff goes goes wrong. He doesn't just extend plays, though. He gives you, like, the director's cut of the play with 45 <laughs> extra minutes and DVD commentary. Yes. Some of these times of him – you remember Donovan McNabb had that play where he held the ball for, like, 16 seconds? Yes. Oh, oh, he's he's done that. Or oh, Like, he's, <laughs> he's had plays where he had the ball over 10 seconds, I would guarantee, more than any other player in the entire country. And – and some of that is that he wants the big play so much. Yeah. And that sometimes you got to just take the play. Yeah. You know, like, so, so I think that, and that's why I believe that if USC starts playing, like when they start playing like upper tier comp- competition, that they're going to have some trouble. Cause they, cause they For haven't sure. played anybody with really a pulse yet. And also you got, Next game up, the Washington State Cougars, 52, Stanford, 14. This is the kind of game that gets coaches fired. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's rough, dude. So all the goodwill that happened with that Notre Dame victory, which was so unexpected, 16 to 14, and then the Arizona State victory, 15 to 14, all the goodwill that was built up in that momentum because people were probably like, okay, I guess they're figuring it out because they did play USC, Washington, Oregon, teams that are 
clearly better than them. And then they lost to Oregon State on the last play. So you're like, all right, cool. And then they won the two games. You're like, okay, maybe things are panning out because we're we're just not as good as those other teams. Schedule lightens up. We will be fine. But no, they got absolutely boat raced by UCLA. But then I guess UCLA was supposed to be better anyway, too. But it's this Washington State game that is the concern. 52 to 14, Ralph. I I'm a David Shaw. I like David Shaw. I think he's smart. I think he's great for the conference. I don't know how you come back from this. What are you coming back to? They've been bad. Well, true. True. And the, the and that's the thing is that this is not one season of bad. Right. They're one and six in conference. So like I I that's what I want to understand. Like when you say come back from this, like are you talking about this year? No, you're talking no, about no. they gotta blow the whole thing up after the end of the season. Yes, I'm talking about how do you come back from this next season? Because Stanford, since 2018, has not won more than four games. Since 2018. And people will try to point to that 2020 season. They're like, they were four and two, though, George. Listen, bro, uh, the, the, the COVID season matters not to anybody. So uh, only played six games. Like, it's not a correct, like, you can't judge anything properly. So you have to throw that out. So 2019, they were four and eight, 21, three and nine, and three and six so far this year. How much more room is Stanford going to give them? Well, they don't, there's not really a vision for what this program is. You used to have intellectual brutality, and they moved away from that to modernize the offense. They might as well have not. They might as well have kept doing what they were doing. They're actually worse off because they now they suck and don't have an identity. At least when you suck and have an identity, you have an identity. They have neither one now. They are talking about jumping conferences because they ran out of money for the athletic program. Meanwhile, David Shaw's making top five money to get bottom five results. I'm saying top five in the country to get bottom five in the conference results. Yeah. They really think the answer is going to the big 10 and you're going to be just like Northwestern and have one good year every five years. But there's a big difference between the protection that Pat Fitzgerald gets as an alumni and what David Shaw gets for seemingly no reason. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. he's cool and he's smart and he represents the university, the type of person that they want to have affiliated with the university. That's fine. But I think somebody else could, they could hire Ken. Uh, oh my gosh. I dumped on other people. I dumped on other people, not being able to pronounce names. I'm going to take a shot. And come name, on. Right? Yeah. Ken, yeah. Numa Tololo. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that's close. All From right. Nate. So they could hire, they could hire him out of Navy and they could be good in two years. Mm. Not great, good, like back in bowl contention. Yeah. But they have to get the smartest, fastest quarterback out there and not really worry about throwing the ball and and get to running that triple option. Yep. Yep. I mean, some, something, because something has to change. Now, over on the Washington State side, you had 
Cameron Ward, 16 for 32 for 176, two touchdowns. This was more, though, about are you going to offer okay. an apology? Right, here we go. Here we you go. Tell the listeners right. that you called me at the end of this game while this game was still in the fourth quarter. You called me and asked if I was going to apologize, and you didn't even tell me to who or about what. <laughs> okay. I was outside doing yard work, and I did go back and watch this game, but I was outside doing yard work, and you just started with, you did this to me three times this weekend, by the way. I want to point out. Really? You, yes, you did. You did. You <laughs> you were on one this weekend. First, you called me and asked if I was going to apologize. You were alluding to the fact that Washington State ran the ball a bazillion times for 300 yards. yards. <laughs> yeah. uh, because I've called them liars for the past few weeks. I was shocked as well. Uh, some of those are quarterback runs, but no, they were they were feeding the beast. Yep. Um, they they got Nakia Watson in there for 16 carries for 166 yards. They had three different players have runs over 30 yards. It was brutal. Um, so, yes, I do apologize to Washington State. But you also called me like the second that Illinois gave up a third touchdown. <laughs> I did. It's like the equivalent of waiting two and a half months for a team to do one thing wrong. And calling up and be like, told you. <laughs> like, I mean, well, the game we were wasn't just even talking over about yet. it. <laughs> and then, and then it's like two in the morning and I'm getting texts from you about how shitty ASU looks. <laughs> and I just want to go to bed. <laughs> well, you were on me this weekend and I was just trying to avoid you. <laughs> I was like, dang, I really haven't talked to Ralph really much this weekend. <laughs> it was just- I didn't want to talk because every time you called me, it was... <laughs> To spike the football, <laughs> just minding my own business. Oh boy! Okay, <laughs> so Washington State threw for two hundred and eight yards, ran for three hundred and six. Does this make them good now? Hmm. It will make me angrier if they don't go back to the run game in future contests. So they do you are think five do you think four. they ran the ball because it was part of the game plan or do you think they ran the ball because it was forty two to seven at half? Because it was forty two to seven at half. Because uh, Stanford fumbled five times and lost four of them. So yeah, <laughs> um, they have Arizona State, Arizona, and Washington left. They are five and four right now. Will they make a ball game? Yes, absolutely. I they will be so bowl too. eligible this weekend. Totally agree. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and... 
and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. All right. Uh, next game up. Arizona at Utah. 45 to 20. Man, Cam Rising came back and his knee brace. He really didn't do too much. Only threw for 151 yards. But they ran for 306 yards on 55 carries. 55. And some kind of way, Jaden De- Delora only ended well, well, because no, no, Fafita got in, but um, but they in, ended up with twenty attempts, and it just wasn't like I, I thought Arizona. They had some times. Well, first first problem that Arizona has against anybody with a pulp, they can't run the ball in the red zone. They can't. If they if they don't run the ball, it's happened against USC against them too. If they don't actually punch it in from like the 20, when they get inside the five, bro, passing's the only option. Cause they cannot run the football in there against anybody with a pulse. They're like a NBA three point specialist. <laughs> Like you get you throw them, throw the ball down to them on the block, and they're just gonna pass it right back to you. <laughs> they're like, unless I'm shooting threes from the corner, I'm not. And unless it's a fifty yard bomb, or a, or a nice catch and run from like a Jacob Cowing or something like that, you know, they're not gonna do anything. Arizona is really a team where everything has to be kind of perfect. Like it has to be seventy seven degrees. No slippery uh, <laughs> mildew on the turf. No, their breeze. margin for error is super thin. Yeah, like if everything works out just right, then you're you have a team that's going to drop sixty five on you. But if one thing goes wrong, like if uh, a cloud passes over during the game <laughs> to change the shadows on the field for just a moment, then the whole team's going to fall apart. And I don't really know what to do about that specific thing. I think it's, you know, they're really built for the big play. They're not built to grind it out. They're not, I I said this before the season. I don't think there's, I still don't think they're better than Arizona state. And because on the interior, on the offensive and defensive lines, they are extraordinarily thin, like not possibly not good enough 
if you gave them a Mountain West schedule to get six games because some of those teams are smash mouth. Yeah. So there's some really special things about this team. I think the trajectory is good. I'm doing my best to not lose sight of the overall picture with Arizona because we had said before the season repeatedly three wins is an enormous step forward. Um, oh, it, it, enormous, especially when you've been competitive in a lot of the other games as well. But you, Utah didn't even have to do much in this game. No. Like, they got to just beat a team's ass by... And 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 Cam, Cam Rising, who's coming off an injury, still had the knee brace on. He looks hurt. Yes. They didn't stress him at all. Yeah. They didn't stress him at all. And listen, I will not be sad if he's not 100% next Saturday. Just saying, um, he, you know he doesn't care. No, but he but, he'll go out but there. If something happens to him, if something happens to him this week, I can't. I, I like I want the yeah. best for the uh, kid. I've talked to him. I like him, so I'm not in any way wishing praying for his down, downfall. I'm just saying if if the need arises to uh, to uh, start the kid that started against Washington State, I won't be mad. And yeah, and but he he is. I think he's hurt, hurt because he is the type of kid that would go out there with a torn, torn ACL. ACLs. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely, and not even yeah. think twice and, about it. Yeah, because um, who else? Who else? Dennis Dixon did it, and then That's and right. then it eventually yeah. just fell apart against uh, Cal. All right, um, last game of the weekend we had UCLA Arizona State. UCLA 50, Arizona State 36. I I hated UCLA's defense in this game, bro. Hated their defense. They gave up 36 points, which feels like a lot. Actually, it doesn't feel like a lot. It is a lot. And Trenton Borgay threw for 349. At no point in time were they like, was UCLA's defense putting up enough resistance? Like they they had a good second quarter where they didn't allow any points, and then their offense put up 14, 14, and 14 in the in the third. So they scored enough points. But it was the third quarter that was because at the end of the third quarter, was that 28? It was 42 to 25. And like that's a nice margin, but it ain't enough. And ASU almost like they were working on coming back. They threw an interception with no yep. time left. Um I like I like Trenton Borgay, the pairing of Trenton Borgay and Sean Aguano of just like, well, let's see if they can tackle. Let's take every underneath thing and see if they can tackle. Because some of these guys that ASU has the ability to throw to are like 6'8", 260. They got some massive tight ends that they just never use. Yep. And so it's like, all right, let's see if you can tackle Messiah Swinton. Let's see if you can tackle uh, Jalen Conyers. Let's get the ball in space to Xavier Valade. Let's see if you can tackle him. Um, which P.S. The matchup of Xavier Valade and I think his number fifty three on on UCLA. Um, see if I can pull him up because he was a monster. He was at Hawaii last year, and oh yeah, Val- yeah. The the the, the um, muscle bound man. <laughs> the uh, he's short, but he's muscle Darius Darius Musau. Yeah, he had twelve tackles. He looked great, but it was just fun to watch because Xavier Valade was at Hawaii last year and Musa was at uh at Hawaii. 
And so like they knew each other. They've been playing against each other for years. So the, to match up in the Pac-12, and you could see they had a lot of respect for each other. Yeah. And that was probably the fun thing about this game. Uh, Validate showed up. out. He, he, he showed did. out. I He's mean, good, he had ten, 10 catches for 89 yards and then another 20 carries for 92 yards and two two touchdowns. But um you DTR threw a pick like immediately in this game and I first, was like oh. it was the not immediately it was the first play it, it yeah. less than immediately first And then play. I was like oh maybe we're going to get bad DTR and if we get bad DTR ASU has a chance. Mm-mm. And we did not get bad DTR. Nope. He was on one. Holy yep. banana. And but the uh, problem was that UCLA rushed for 402 yards. Yeah. 9.6 yards a carry. Uh, you did not have a Zach Charbonnet play, but Casimir Allen went berserk. Five nine one seventy soaking wet Casimir Allen. Yeah, and then so he had a buck thirty on eleven carries. Dorian Thompson Robinson a buck twenty on ten carries. Keegan Jones would have had a hundred yards if he didn't get get hurt. Um, he Colson had, Yankoff was impossible to tackle. Yes, Colson Yankoff, the quarterback. He they're they're treating him like he is um, Colt Lyola at, at Oregon because he's a tight end, I guess. Running back. He also had catches. Like, I, bro, this was this was a. I mean, this concerned me about UCLA in that the game was on the road. I feel like that they that they knew that they were better. And I don't think that they came in with the amount of energy that they needed to. And so, and so the question is, can UCLA get their energy up on the, on the road, which is, if you but, can, if, but they if don't you really have drop, to, if you can drop 50 being kind of half awake for, for the game while you're, you, while one of the conferences, top five best players just stands on the sideline the whole time. I'm le- I'm less concerned about UCLA after this game, and I do think ASU just with that underneath stuff. I think UCLA was content to to let them complete all those dink and dunk passes. Trenton Borgay threw the ball fifty times, um, but he was efficient. His only interception came on the last play of the game, and uh, ASU's offense is looking good. But it just this game wasn't close. The score doesn't reflect how. If yes. UCLA had gotten the ball back, they'd have scored again. Like they just, ASU is having a hell of a time, especially on third down. ASU sucks on third down. Yep. Now uh, on to this week, week eleven. Three games left. The home stretch. This is when people's nuts start getting getting crossed when they start getting like, I don't know, man. We're we're good. Let's not mess this up. Like people. People start doing weird things. Now, first game up is Friday night. Hate Friday night games, but there is no chance. I'm going to go. There is zero chance that there is an upset because Friday night things have happened weird. But the top four teams in the conference have not lost to anybody else in the conference. And it is going to continue. Colorado at USC is not even in Boulder. USC is favored by 34 points. Only question is, will they cover, Ralph? I think they will. I'm hoping we see some Miller. Oregon Moss. won by 39. Yeah. I'm hoping we see some Miller Moss in this game that Jordan Addison can take another week off to, to heal up. Um, I'm hoping I don't have to pay much attention to this game, to be honest. Colorado's already out of it. They're, you said Jordan Tyson is dinged up. 
that's not good. Um, yeah, this game should be over with and over with quick. If USC plays with their food in this one, it should be a massive concern. Big facts. All right. Um, next game up. 12:30 on Pac-12 Network. Arizona State at Washington State. The uh Cougars favored by eight points. Give oh man. I would put I would put everything you own on Washington State. And the and the eight points? Yeah. I'm not. I'm going with Arizona. I think Washington State's going to win the game, but I'm going with Arizona State because because I don't trust that Washington State is going to that Washington State can run the ball for 300 yards again against Arizona State. I don't think that they can do it. I don't think they'll need to, and I I don't think that they'll try. I don't know if they'll be up big. It's going to be 37 degrees. Trenton Borgay. Trenton Borgay. I like, I like Trenton Borgay. I've known him a long time. I've known his family a long time. His family's always been really good to my family. I want the absolute best for him. I also know that ASU's entire defense got each other sick last week. They all had the flu. They A bunch of them tried to go and had to leave the game in the middle of the game against UCLA. Who knows how that hangover is going? They play like absolute dog shit on the road. This game's going to be on the road. It's going to be less than 40 degrees. But it, it's a day game. The sun's out, though. <laughs> sun's out. Sun's out, guns out. It's different. This is the same Jake Dickert in his very first game that embarrassed ASU at Sun Devil Stadium in front of the 96 Rose Bowl team. And I've heard not one thing from any Arizona State player of like, oh, we got to get him back for that. That was the most humbled I've ever seen ASU. Well, well, because none of the players that were on that team are still on the team. <laughs> All right. That's why. Next. <laughs> uh, Washington at Oregon. Oregon's favored by two touchdowns, 13 and a half. Give me the Ducks, minus 13 and a half. They are, they have absolutely destroyed the spread all year. They are, what were they, eight and one? So that means that they are seven and two against the spread. I, and they have demolished it. So Vegas is starting to get the numbers a little bit better, but two, two touchdowns it is, my friend. Over under 400 yards passing for Penix. Under. Even if they're down? Yeah. Yep. You're saying Oregon's going to be up big, which means they're going to throw even more than they already do. Yeah, but then that would involve them coming back more. I, I, I yep, nope. I see Colorado, Washington scoring 27 points. Colorado threw for 250. But 81 of it was on a, a bomb. Like that just, I don't see that happening. I think they're going to be too up for this game. Under 400 yards passing for Michael Penix. Over 300, though. Hmm. I like the, I, I like the Ducks to win somewhere around 10 to 14. That spread's real tough for me to take. But I think it's going to be a nonsense score, like 45-31, something like that. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. Uh, if, if you hold – I want the Ducks to hold them under, under 30. That'll make me feel good. 
All you've right. been all you've been all about this defense ever since yes. you think you think I disrespected them. And yes, I didn't. yes, and and I did the voiceover for the hype video this week. So, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're, they're, play, they're gonna play play it before the game. Yeah. Do they release like a YouTube version of it? Oh, uh, they usually do after the game. All right, you got to send that to me. That's cool. All right, I will. All right. Um, He's going to throw for 450, though. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cal at Oregon State. Oregon State's favored by 14 points. Absolutely no shot, bro. No. no shot. This is a bet your mortgage, buddy. <laughs> Dude, 14 points. This is insanity. I think Cal's going to hang around on him. I think Cal's going to yep. hang around on everybody for the rest of the season. It's just kind of what they Listen, do. Listen, Cal might win this game, bro. It's possible. It's possible. They got a disciplined, decent run defense. So was Ben Goldbranson all of a sudden going to go out and win him a game? Nope. Nope. But but Oregon State's pass defense. Uh, see that see that's the thing. Oregon State's pass defense is really good. And Cal can't run the football very well. So but but still, I don't like that 14, bro. 14's too, way too many. 10 to 9 Oregon State. <laughs> it is in Oh, dude, <laughs> dude, the over under is 49 in this game. C- compared to the Washington Oregon 72. Or uh, Colorado USC 66. 
So yeah, bro, this is insanity. Um, um, dude, the Oregon, the Stanford, Utah game has a bigger over under at 53 and a half. So yeah. So give me Cal in this game. Um, Cal is to win. Uh, pick him to win no, straight no, up. Okay. No, I am not. I am not. Right. I think I'm Oregon State spread, like squeak, squeaks it out on like a, you know, on a, on a Miles Pepper Jack two point conversion or Miles something. Pepper Jack, love it. Um, Stanford at Utah. Utah's favored by twenty four points. I give me, give me Utah. This game's in Salt Lake City. They are going to absolutely just get run over. If that's what happened against Washington State, they got punked out of their lunch money last week. And they're going to get absolutely taken. Like, they are going to get their tongue stuck on the pole like in um in uh, a Christmas, Christmas story, story. In, yeah. in, in this game and just See, left out there to die. You led into the preview of this week's games by saying, like, this is when – the weird stuff starts to happen, and then we both just went super vanilla with our picks all the way through. I mean, you don't want to get, you don't want to just make this one your token weird game where Stanford gets he- a win. Hell no, hell no. There's no chance Stanford win this wins this game. No chance. This would this would be a bigger upset than Cal beating Colorado. I mean, Colorado beating Cal. All right, uh, next game up. Arizona at UCLA. UCLA is favored by 19 and a half points over under 77 and a half. I saw UCLA versus Oregon State last last week. But the difference is, is that Arizona State's run defense had been better than Arizona's. And Arizona and Arizona State got run for 400 yards on them. UCLA may not pass the ball. They may run for – I'm going to go with 400 yards rushing again. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is just so good at knowing when to take off. And it's always like when his receivers are mid-nine routes so the DBs are still turned around. Yep. He'll look one person off, and then he'll just take the 20 yards that you give him, and then he'll go out of bounds before anybody touches him and flex on the whole crowd. <laughs> Dude, he's such an asshole, but I love it. It, it You know what, though? I can't it's it's hard to even be mad at him because I am super entertained by everything he does. He had one run against ASU. I don't know if you saw it where he like put his hand on the ground. Yes, and then turned and went ar- backwards the other way and yeah. then turned back around and got five more yards. And then and and then slid so nobody could touch him. <laughs> he was he was the most arrogant I have ever seen a Pac-12 player ever in that game against ASU. And, and I people hear arrogance and they have a really negative connotation of it. I don't care. I don't care what you think. He is so much fun to watch. And people keep calling him like a super duper senior. He's not. He's just a regular fifth year player. Yeah. That's it. He's just a regular fifth year player. Like you used to get redshirt seniors at quarterback all the time. Um I think he's going to be special again against Arizona. And this is going to be a super high scoring game. But I think, again, no surprises. Will this, if Arizona loses, is that an elimination from bowl contention? If Arizona loses, if Arizona State, yeah. 
No, if Arizona, Arizona loses, yes, yes, they are officially eliminated. So we're saying that this week Cal gets eliminated. Yes. Stanford gets eliminated. Yep. Arizona gets eliminated. Yep. Arizona State gets eliminated. Yep. Colorado's already gone. Yep. And it will make Washington State bowl eligible. So we'll have seven seven teams in, five teams out. Yeah. Exactly. four, Four teams with the opportunity to be in the top probably 11 or 12 heading into. Yep. It's a great week for the Pac-12, buddy. Great week to be. As long as everything goes according to plan, which you said isn't going to happen, but then we picked. No, 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 no. I'm saying everything else in college football won't go to plan. Because like like TCU has at Texas this week. I think Texas is going to win that game. You have LSU. They got a problem in Arkansas. They're at Arkansas. I think that they're going to lose that game. So it's so that that's what I'm saying. It's going to get tricky. It is going to get tricky at the top of in the top twenty. We'll see. Who would you say has the most? You, well, you've already said. You've already said. You think that the the biggest chance for an upset this week is Cal over Oregon State. Yeah. What would you put number two? Washington, Oregon? You did pick ASU to cover in Pullman. Yes. So, yes. So, I think that, yes. So, I would say that that's next. After that, then I'm not giving Washington a damn chance. Fuck the Huskies. (laughs) Oh, really? Is it rivalry week? Is that what we're doing? Yes. Yes. That's why. All right. I changed my mind. Michael Penning's going to throw for 475 now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, you would love to be able to call me on Saturday, buddy. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. I'm calling you again. Pressure right. this Saturday. All right. God forbid Illinois gives up one touchdown this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they let me let me let me see who they play because they're they're seven and two right now. They play. Oh, they're losing again this weekend. They're playing against Purdue. They're losing All again right. this weekend. All right. And then you get to talk to me about that damn Illinois defense. I can't it's wait good. to call you It's just better than any of the Pac-12 defenses. You're a damn lie. It's ain't better than Oregon's defense. Oregon doesn't even have a top four defense in the Pac-12. Oregon State's defense is better than Oregon's. Lies. Lies. The lies you tell. Okay. All right. Well, good luck. Break a leg, I guess. Uh-uh. No, no. We don't want any legs broken, buddy. That's a that's a theater thing where they used to won't want you to break your break your leg. Nope, absolutely not. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden, and this is the Pac-12 Apostles. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season, and so are we. I'm Tori Deal, and I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars Four is finally here, and this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.